Hey, fans across the world, welcome to the Dead Ball Podcast, a deep dive into foul play on and off the court. This is Building, and this is Aaron Singh. And in this podcast, we'll talk to you about sports and true crime. Yep. And this is our very first episode, so bear with us. How did we come up with this, Bill? What are we doing? I think we're just lis-、uh, listening to different podcasts, and then realize it's pretty cool that we both have both of our heads expanded, and we got a big ego, and we're like, "Hey, we <laughs> could make a podcast. Any dummy can make a podcast." Usually, when we take long road trips in the car, and we're trying to pick the next podcast episode,、mm-hmm. it's either everything I have downloaded on my phone, which is all true crime, hundreds of true crime episodes. <laughs> But Bill doesn't like that, and then he has all basketball podcasts and sports, <laughs> and a lot say, of Wall Street. I didn't say I don't like it. Those are not my top.、Picks. Bill likes to sleep at night without fear of someone breaking into his home and I, I, doing horrible I, things. I generally don't. I、yeah. don't have that fear. So I, I just you know, I love <laughs> not sleeping at night. <laughs> so we thought, well, what if we did both? What if we had half a basketball podcast? Or a sports podcast. I don't know if it's going to be limited to basketball. It's only our first episode. The sky's the limit. Who knows what we're going to do? Yep, we'll just go for it. There's all kinds of balls, <laughs> but we thought there's a lot of interesting crimes in the sports world. So maybe we would talk about some of those. Every week, I not every week. <laughs> yeah, like I could do、happening. this every week whenever we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. I'll find a true crime event that I think is interesting. Kind of the bummer thing is, I feel like most of the true crime stuff I was finding was domestic violence related. So I'm trying to pick ones that have a little more of a story to them than just people being straight up assholes. I mean, that's not a good description. People that murder are straight up assholes too. So I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, I pick one out that I'm like, that's interesting, and then I tell Bill the year. Generally, the season that this person was playing. I don't know if all the crimes are going to happen during the season.、Mm-hmm. Might be like later, so we'll just pick when they were at the high of their career or whatever. And then Bill will tell us about the team and their star players and some fun facts. I don't know exactly where we're going with it yet. Yeah, I mean, it has to be this person who may be involved in crimes or maybe victims、That's、is、true. playing that season or or the season before that、uh, event actually happened. And I'll give a little background on that. Team and historic context,、uh, what's going on in the league at that time, and who are the notable personnel and interesting fun fact of the team. Yeah. So, and then I'll bring the mood way down, and then maybe we'll talk about fun stuff at the end. Yep. I'll, I'll save some fun quiz questions for Aaron in the end. Oh God. Oh, like quizzes to make sure I was listening to what you said. Well, obviously, I'm gonna put a quiz too, but it's not gonna be about what I said. It's just gonna be trivial pursuit questions. <laughs> So, do you want to tell the audiences who's、uh, which team is it and what year? No, I think you should. I think you should just dive right into it. All right, I'll I'll dive right in, right into it. This is one of the more tragic teams, not in a crime sense, but in the achievement <laughs> sense. That's so sad. I know. Could、um, you imagine you have like a kid? You're like, well, this is a tragic year for your grades, child. I. My parents have told me at least twice.、That. I'm gonna wipe my tears with your report card. This team is actually 1992 to 93 Phoenix Suns. You know, you know, you know where Phoenix is, right? 
You're no, really good at geography. I don't. I don't know where Phoenix is. No, actually, you do. But I do know where Phoenix the is. The Phoenix Suns is probably, arguably, one of the more fun team in the league overall. Historically, they have a lot of players, offensive driven and very fast paced, which means they run fast and shoot basketball and get a lot of scores. You can't be on the Phoenix Sun unless you pass a running test. Kind of. Sounds like Aaron likes the, this team. Yeah. Um, this particular year, so Phoenix Suns have about 53 years of history dated back to 1968. But that particular year, they have one of the best record in their team history, but also they have the best record in the entire N- NBA. Can you guess how many wins and how many losses without cheating and looking at my notes? <laughs> you saw me. I say they have 30 wins, <laughs> four losses. That does not add up to 82 <laughs> games, but that's, you know, relative proportional. <laughs> it's close. They have, it's actually really proportional. They have 62 wins and 20 losses because the NBA actually play 82 games. It's going to be great, like, just getting Aaron into <laughs> I NBA. I already told a lot him. More. I was like, <laughs> I don't know who the mayor of the basketball is. It's called uh, commissioner. It's, it's, oh, not, it's not <laughs> the a mayor. Commissioner's the mayor of the NBA. Yes, basically. Okay, see, I know. Does he wear, like, a hat? No, that guy's bald. You have to be bald. Oh, you have to be bald. Yes. You don't get a top hat. No. Nope. If you're the mayor of the NBA. No, you, you're already too tall. You should get a hat. <laughs> But anyway, they have a pretty good season that year, 1992 to 93. And Aaron, do you know what happened the year before? What is the biggest world sports event? Uh, Olympics? Yes. Right on. Ding, ding, ding. Olympics. And then that's actually the greatest team basketball team ever i would argue the the dream team with michael uh, jordan larry bird and magic johnson and the actual player who scored the most surprisingly is not michael jordan it is this guy who's gonna lead our 1992 to 93 phoenix Suns, charles barkley charles barkley i know him yeah sir chuck He's famous for his hot takes these days and his hot takes. Uh, interesting, colorful commentaries. Didn't you say he didn't want to be in NBA 2K? Yep, he has some <laughs> disagreement with the 2K franchise. So if you are like me, who really like him as a player, you cannot play him in NBA 2K. You know, one I'm day. Pretty sure he was in Space Jam though, so he's sometimes a sellout, just not for NBA yeah, 2K. Yeah, I guess. I guess, you know, if Michael Jordan, one of his best friend, asked him, he'd tend to agree. So I think Bugs Bunny, his other best friend, asked him. More like uh, making an offer that he cannot refuse. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Uh, talking about making an offer, he actually transferred from Philadelphia 76ers to Phoenix Suns that year. Chuck did? Chuck did, yep. That really propelled them from the year before to, you know, top of NBA for that entire season. So they had a 14-game winning streak, which is definitely not easy to do. But as I mentioned, their their interesting fact is that they're playing very fast in that year. Their pace of game, which how fast they're playing, is fourth in the league. And then they're great in offense, first among all the teams. And decent, I would say, in defense, ninth out of all. But they're really good at shooting. How many the balls. All? What do you say? How many in all? Ninth out of what? Ninth out of 27. Mm-hmm. Top third. It's really unfortunate when I said they're a tragic team because they have a lot of talent. They play really hard. But guess who's also playing really hard and had a lot of talent? Me. Yes, you. But <laughs> I don't think you were playing NBA at that time. I wasn't. Who else? 
Michael Jordan. Yep. Michael Jordan and his Chicago Bulls. See, he also was in Space Jam. I'm just saying there's some connections here. Yeah. So for the fans out there who want to learn about basketball, you can really learn a lot. Just like Aaron, watch the Space Jam. Yeah. So Barkley actually stayed in Phoenix for four years before going to Houston Rockets. And then another fun fact over there, they lost to Houston Rockets two years in a row after that season. So basically, Charles was like, you know what? I can't beat them. So I'm going to join them. One of the... So he was like the first LeBron James. Ooh, shots fired. Ooh. I wouldn't say that, but... Ooh, pew, pew. Yeah, that's why you got to be careful when you go to sleep at night. Don't yeah. come in my window, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, LeBron's also going to be in Space Jam. I, I, I see the trend over here. I, I see know, the I'm trend. just saying, I'm making my little board with the like strings that attach to other pictures, and they all point to Bugs Bunny. It's a very, very true crime Wait, style. Wait, Bill, I got to ask you something. What's yes. Bugs Bunny's name in Chinese? Because it's my favorite thing. Oh, Bugs Bunny's name in Chinese is Tu Baka, means brother eight of the rabbit. <laughs> I don't know where the the other seven is, but you know, he's number eight. Because Ba is eight. Yeah. And Ga's brother. Mm-hmm. So it's Ba. I love yep. that. <laughs> and because of that trade, who, you know, which got Truck from 76ers to Phoenix, the general manager of the Phoenix Suns actually won the executive of the year. Mm. Yeah, that's not me. Can you describe? Can you describe? He looks like the Chamberlain from <laughs> Dark Crystal as a man. <laughs> So the, the general manager name is Gerald Colangelo. Many consider him as godfather of Arizona sports. He does look like the godfather. It doesn't it look like he's like got his hand out. Look, he's even got like a big ass ring on his pinky. No, that's a fourth finger. That's not pinky. Oh, from over here, it looks like a pinky. Well, that's one of the championship rings. We're going to put these pictures up on our Instagram account, both to force you to look at our Instagram account, but also... You can go check it out and see... So that you can see, but hold the phone maybe like 12 feet away from you so that you can see what I'm seeing and then it might look like a pinky ring. Yeah, this guy, I mean, definitely got some Godfather vibe going on because he was like <laughs> kind of a nobody from an Italian family, grew out of Chicago, but Why'd he... Why'd they call him the Godfather? Well, there was a huge drug sc- scandal uh, surrounded by, uh, around the Phoenix Suns back in 1987 and he was kind of a marketing guy and then he collected a whole bunch of money from different investors and bought the game at a very low point eventually he sold it out like 20 30 years later and make a huge money out of that but so he flipped the team yep he basically flipped the team so it was like a just like a stock of team he's a team flipper put some new linoleum into that team and then he (laughs) sold it for really really renovated those kitchens well (laughs) but he also was the general manager for the USA basketball like the entire national team in late 2000 and it's like prime minister of basketball yes I, I like you use all kind of politic names yeah. positions a level in there grand poobah yeah. <laughs> Of basketball. Of basketball. Yes. And currently, he leads the Basketball Hall of Fame. By himself? Well, he's... So he lives in like a big castle that has all the Hall of Fame (laughs) paraphernalia. And then when you're looking at something, he just kind of pops up randomly next to you and you're like, ah! He leads a board of directors for the Hall of Fame. Well, here's a, a fun quiz. Can you guess with the following four teams, which team are for which sport? The option you have are... WNBA, the Women's Basketball League, Major League Baseball, Indoor Soccer League, uh-huh. and Arena Football League. Okay. These are all the teams that he has won. Uh, <laughs> He's covering his computer screen because he knows I don't trust cheat. her. <laughs> um, so the first one is Sand Sharks. The second one, Arizona Rattlers. Third one, Arizona Mercury. 
And finally, Arizona Diamondback. These are additional teams he has previously owned in addition to Phoenix Suns. Oh, shit. Don't okay, curse. So you said... <laughs> is this a family-friendly show? Actually, I don't know. It's murder. We can't... It can't be family-friendly. That's true. Yeah, kids, cover your ears. <laughs> yeah, put your, put your earmuffs on your children if you haven't already. Okay, wait. So it was WNBA, soccer... Baseball, baseball. And, and arena football. Okay. What was the first one? Sand sharks. Makes no sense, but... Soccer. You're right. All yeah. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. You still have women's NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, and Arena Football. I say football is the Rattlers. Ooh. And I say Mercury is the women. And Diamondback? And the Diamondback is the baseball. Damn. Yeah. Just right on. Yeah. 100%. I was like, I feel like they wouldn't let the women's team have Rattlers because they just don't let us have the cool names. Don't come through my window. Okay, Arizona. so <laughs> we, have, we have made enemies with LeBron. <laughs> And everyone else who are sports fans in Arizona. But anyway, that is the fun fact. He actually won the executive of the year mm-hmm. in NBA because of the trade with Chuck. And in addition to that, we have the brand new coach who looks very young. Look like a... Oh, he looks like, like he owns Norton. the Mighty Ducks. Well, that too. I never watched that movie. If, if it were up to me, I'm describing him look more like a nerdy accountant version of Edward Norton. Yeah. He is a first-year coach, and he went to the NBA Finals with the team, so that's pretty impressive. He was actually an assistant coach to the previous coach who was fired, and so he succeeded the guy, and he was a player himself and won two championships with Boston Celtics, but he did play for the Suns before, so it's kind of a cool homecoming moment. He let the Western All-Star team win uh, over the Eastern uh, All-Star team in the 1993 All-Star team game. See, from where I'm sitting it looks like bernie sanders is sitting behind him i mean bernie sanders sitting behind everyone yeah so. with his little mittens yeah. kind of looks like that he actually is trademarking because his style he changed the all the offensive scheme because back in the 80s it's a lot about really big body centers little tiny shorts very true short shorts for everybody but <laughs> in terms of playing style in offense it's about the big body center standing in the middle pounce 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 try to dunk and if he can't <laughs> he shoot it out to the others and try to make a play but for paul westfall who is the coach of phoenix suns he prefers and trying to run a pretty fast and loose offensive game run and a gun style run and gun run and gun yes like you run and then shoot oh (laughs) you don't pull out a gun and threaten the other player no we will talk about some other nba stars who pulled a guns in the arena but this is not one of those occasions but he actually put a lot of effort in making sure all players get decent amount of touch of the ball and then they can be the ball handler so their opponent doesn't have a primary person to lock down. So that plays the defense very fluid and dynamic. After that NBA coaching stint with Suns, he become head coach for a whole bunch of universities. And I think the last assignment is Pepperdine University. Ah. And unfortunately, he just died this January for from brain cancer. What was his name again? Paul Westfall. Hmm. And just to show a picture over here, that's him when he was playing. And then oh, he looks him way different when he was receiving a award when he was much older. Yeah. He, he looked like a... Jeff Bridges. Not quite. His hair hair's a little shorter, but... Yeah, have you put him in a bathrobe and like sunglasses? I feel like he looks like the guy from Dos Equis, the most interesting man in the world. Oh, Dos Equis. 
Dos Equis. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, so forgive me. I, f- I feel like he looks like. We will put these images on our Instagram, so go check it out. Other than that, get back to Barkley, our main star of this team. Many call him the round mound of rebound. The round mound? Of the rebound. I would not want to be called a mound. <laughs> well, that explains preference. why he is always angry. Yeah, yeah. I'd be mad too. Yeah. I'd be like, why is my... Do you feel like he look like a round mound? No, I don't. He doesn't look round or mound. He's pretty round with the head. His, his head's round, but everybody's head's round. Mm. If you shaved your head and like that, if it was like a very polished head like he has, then you would also have I feel head. like I know some guys whose head is definitely kind of square. <laughs> well, that's because you're friends with Legos. Also, Lego people, head is not square. They're like a cylinder. Oh, okay. Just want to say. Mm. Um, <laughs> Chuck has played really well in this season. He was a previous All-Star. He voted as a starter of the All-Star. He was selected All-NBA first team, which the five top players, in the entire NBA uh, off their own position. Oh, that's cool. Quick quiz. Who are the five positions on NBA? Uh, Forward. (laughs) That's one. Okay. Point guard. That's second. Post. There's two of them. Left and right post. Post Malone left, post Malone right. Yeah. Okay. And you have one more. The coach. (laughs) Okay. Put put me in, coach. Okay. I don't know. I just ran up and down the court and I yelled. And then sometimes they threw it to me because that wasn't very good. That's why I switched to cross country. I think Aaron's thinking about next level basketball because he's really getting to those scenarios that you play one set of players yeah. on offense and a different set of players on defense yeah yeah no every time you turn around to shoot at the other court you are on the same court you don't go to the court <laughs> you go to a different every half time court you turn around you have to sub out all your players and swap in a new team it's point guard you got that right yeah shooting guard shooting guard yes that's where michael jordan plays small forward what that's like, insulting like that's forward. almost as bad as big mound wow i, I think small we can forward. only have no medium the, size they forward. don't have a big forward the other forward name is power forward it should just be large forward well do you think chuck is large forward no i think he's going to be something ironic like little forward no he's actually power forward Damn. and then you have center it's also interesting that charles is not that much taller than a lot of other Point guards and shooting guards. Can you guess his height? Seven two. He's not Yao Ming. He's six six. Really? Yep. I thought he was way taller than that. Well, that's what everyone thought too. And guess how much he weighs. Oh, that's rude. Well, these are NBA players, so we all know their weights. I also am just really bad at guessing how much people weigh based on their height because when you tell me how much you weigh, I'm like, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, let's not talk about my weight on the podcast. <laughs> Let's guess Bill's weight. Write it in. Write in your guess. DM us about DM my us weight. <laughs> about Bill's if you know weight. me. Uh, six six. He said mm-hmm. two eighty. Chuck is definitely offended at this point. <laughs> You called him a mound. I didn't call him. Other people did. He uh, weighs 250 pounds. We're sorry, Chuck. But but it's all muscle. He's very powerful. That's why he's a power forward. And he won the most important award, which is the MVP award for NBA that year. Mm. He played really well. But I know you probably want to know how many points he's scoring that year. Yes, I do. Even though I don't know if you actually do, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I care. Um, He scores 25.6 points. Point six? It's out of 82 games no <laughs> and 12.2 rebound 5.1 assist and 1.6 steal oh these are like averages yeah averages got it and one block per game that's pretty impressive for 6.6 considering everyone else much taller what's the average what, what am i comparing this to the second person on phoenix suns is scoring 16.9 points so that's a clear drop off well that's because he's a small forward Yes. Back in the days, you know, power forward gets a lot of scoring because they can go inside and score in the post and then pull out a little bit and do some jumpers. So, you know, 
they, they got the advantage. Anyway, so that's Chuck, which is really our main star of the entire team. The other uh, players who are supporting cast, you got a Kevin, John cast. Uh, Kevin Johnson, point guard, scoring 15 points and 7.8 assist. Mayor Kevin. Yes, Mayor Kevin. Uh, as An you know, actual mayor. he ran for the mayor of Phoenix, and I do believe he actually were on for some terms, Phoenix. And then we have Dan Marjoro, second time all-star, all-defensive second team as a shooting guard. He was pretty good playing next to Charles Buckley. And then we have some veterans appearance in Danny Ainge, the current general manager of the Boston Celtics and one of my favorite executives, nicknamed Trader Danny because he is cold-blooded. He will trade everyone to get a better player. Uh, like Trader, T-R-A-I-T-O-R, or like Trader, D-E-R. like Trader Joe. Yeah, he's like Trader Joe, but Trader Danny. Didn't know that, but he's actually a Mormon. He has six kids, and he's a bishop in the Church of Latter-day Saints. Hmm. Interesting fact. But anyway, he is. He has got some former glories with Boston Celtics, went to Portland and Sacramento, and played really well in Sacramento, but the team sucked, just like always. Just like always? Yeah, basically. How dare you? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're recording this in Sacramento. Sacramento, so you know but and then he went into phoenix as a veteran and then tried to bring some championship experience and discipline into the locker room so that's definitely a positive for for him <laughs> i'm just imagining him walking in with like snm gear i'm here to discipline is that what happened i really don't think that's his accent but maybe that is you weren't there that's true don't know. Uh, and finally, I want to mention Cedric Sabalos, who is a previous dunk contest champion Ooh. of the previous year, had a really good year with Phoenix Suns as well. So these are the supporting casts in Phoenix Suns of that year. And as we move along through the regular season, they really have been cruising. Coming to playoff time, they have multiple rounds of games in playoff. The first round, they played the LA Lakers. They were favored, heavily favored, to win the game in the win the entire series, but they lost the first two games in a row, almost get eliminated, and then they came back three games in a row, won it back in their first series. And during that time, after they lost two games, the coach, Paul Westfall, told everyone in the nation on media saying that, don't worry, we'll win it back three games in a row, which has never been done by any other team in the NBA history before. So he's pretty ballsy. And did they do that? They did. No, I was like... So they made history. That's pretty bold, sir. Yep. But yeah, so it's also a fun fact. I didn't know this, but they used to play only five games in the first round of NBA playoff and seven games in the rest of the round. And in 2003, they changed the first round to be seven game series as well. They're like, we could make so much more money if we made more games. Yep. I don't know why they were... It's short like, on, short why on are themselves. we only making one Hobbit movie? Let's make three Hobbit movies. I, I don't want to think about that dark history. <laughs> Did I bring it down? Did I bring the, pie, the podcast? It, it's, it's a little dark. Depressing. It's it a little dark. I mentioned the Hobbit. <laughs> I know. It could be murder and stuff. Once you mention the Hobbit, there's no coming back. Yeah. In the second round, they defeated San Antonio Spurs, which is another really good team. So back in the 90s, they had a whole bunch of really good power forward and centers. Mm-hmm. And one of them is David Robinson, who used to serve in Navy, so we call him the Admiral in NBA, and he was really good, but hey, it's no match for Chuck, so mm-hmm. he got booed out, and Suns beat the Spurs four game over two games. He got booed out? He didn't get booed out, he got beat out. Oh, beat out. <laughs> yeah. I thought 
thought everyone was like, boo. And he's like, oh, I have my feelings. And he left the court. Yeah, he's very sensitive, man. From the <laughs> Navy, you know. And then in the Western Finals, they met the Seattle Supersonic, which is oh, yep. one of the really cool names. And I still don't know why we don't have a Seattle Supersonics team right now in NBA. We should probably cover that in one of our episodes, the entire saga of the illegal dealings of moving the team from there to Oklahoma Thunder. Yeah, write that down. Well, don't worry. We probably have some guest appearance for that. But anyway, they beat the Seattle Supersonics 4-3. However, mm-hmm. there is a huge conspiracy theory because ever since the 1992 Olympics, uh-huh. which Jordan and Barkley were both on, and then they were two of the best players on the team, the NBA has been hyping it up for their eventual duel out, you know, a Manu a Manu in the finals. However, they are on two sides of the conference. So basically it means they have to meet in the finals to play each other. And guess what? Supersonics as a young and energetic upcoming team standing the way for the Suns and they push the Suns to the brink of elimination again and magically in the last game the Suns got tons of free throws and Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people on the Supersonics fouled out. So there's some conspiracy theory out there, and I'm sure What's the conspiracy? That the league manipulated the game to make sure that Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley ended up face each other in the finals for the TV rating. Uh. So no one knows anything about that, but if there's some illegal dealing over there, we may be able to cover that yeah. in a different episode. So unfortunately for Supersonics, they lost in seven games to the Phoenix Suns coming into the finals. The Phoenix Suns are feeling pretty good. They feel like they can beat any team at any time, anywhere. That's a direct quote. From so, who? Chuck? No, from Tom Chambers, who was a longtime Phoenix Suns player mm-hmm. and uh, backup power forward for Chuck. And backup here. power forward. Yeah. Not even power forward. No, he's not a starter. Third chair power forward. While he was almost the sixth man of the year. It was pretty well regarded. So in the finals, Chicago Bulls and Jordan meet with Phoenix Suns and Charles Buckley. At that time, Chicago Bulls just come out of a series with the New York Knicks. And then they really hacked Michael Jordan. And it was a tough series. So both sides are pretty tired. They traded games. And then Phoenix Suns won game three after losing first. First and a second game of the series. They won the games three pretty tight in a three overtime win, which is the first time they have to appear in a triple overtime finals game. Let me take that back. I think that's the second time. But the head coach... Paul Westfall, the guy who looked like Edward Norton, um, <laughs> become the only person to appear both triple overtime in finals. And then he was first in the game five of 1976 finals game against Boston uh, as a player of the Suns. And then again, as a coach in 1993. So, you know, he has a lot of chance to get the championship. Didn't make it happen, unfortunately. In the last game of the series, the Bulls really got a good start in game six with a double lead but that's with their back against the wall phoenix Suns clawed back take the lead at the final moment of the game six so if they win that game they can force a game seven at their home court so michael jordan is putting a very tough situation so he managed to get a layup to cut the deficit from 98 to 94 to a two point so they're down by two 96 to 98 chicago bulls lower points and then the suns missed a shot in the next position and then to everyone's surprised the last shot from chicago bulls they didn't give it to michael 
Michael Jordan because everyone knows must be Michael Jordan taking the last shot. So they give it to their not very famous, not very physical, very plain looking accountant type of guy, John <laughs> Paxton, who is their shooting guard, took a pass and buried a three pointer with 3.9 seconds left. Nice. So the Bulls are up 99 to 98. Then the last shot by the Suns were blocked. And then that victory was one of the most clutch victory of the NBA history uh, and one of the most clutch shots of the NBA history in the finals as well. So Michael Jordan it also have a historic finals series with average of 41 points Damn. in six games. He averaged normally like 30 to 35 points in the playoffs, but Phoenix Suns is just that good. They pushed Michael Jordan to the next year to finally be able to do that. And then- Or they're he, that bad. <laughs> or or they are that bad. Yes, it, uh, I did not think about that, but you know, it could be that too. But it, it is a pretty uh, close series. And then Michael Jordan became the first player in the NBA history to win three straight finals MVP awards. And only player alongside with Magic Johnson to win the awards three times at all. And then Phoenix Suns sadly lost that year and then went on to lose again to the champion <laughs> of the 1993-94 season of Houston Rockets, even though after 1993, Michael Jordan retired and then went to play baseball. So really unfortunate missed out that. That's when Space Jam started. Uh, well, that's a little later. No, Space Jam is a documentary. And uh, oh, when you went to go play oh, baseball. There you go. So, so Space Jam has been upgraded to a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yep, definitely. Sports documentary, one of the best of the 20th century. <laughs> What's up, documentary? Oh, gosh. Suns was literally one shot away from their first ever NBA championship as a franchise with 25 years of history. And then in the entire, franchise history they went to finals twice and that time coach but back then 1976 player Paul Westfall was the only person who went to the, the two finals with Phoenix Suns which is pretty impressive ever since 1993 for the last two decades the they have never cracked the Western Conference and they have no additional appearance in the NBA finals until this day so no championship for Phoenix Suns well we'll see how many years will that drought continue that is the story of 1993 season of Phoenix Suns. That was really good. Good job, Bill. Thank you. Now I'm intimidated. Well, Why, why'd you go first? <laughs> you have to say a good job. You're married to me. That's yeah, what that's the true. contract said legally. I have to tell him he did a good job or I get fired yep. as the CEO of our marriage. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't hear you talk about the person I'm Wait, should I about. guess right now or should I guess later? Um, Yeah, sure. You want to guess what I'm going to talk about? So here's my logic because I'm all about logic. This person is obviously not one of the stars because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have heard about it. I don't know. There's some that some of the better known players have been involved in where I was very surprised. Well, I assume this guy's career is somewhat influenced and impacted. Mm-hmm. So hmm, is this person... I feel like we're playing guess who. Kurt Rambis. Nope. Okay, I got three shots. Yeah. Is this person... Tim Kempton. Nope. <sighs> One more try. Is this person Gerard Mustaf? Gerard. Gerard Mustaf. It is. Oh. You're correct, sir. I did not see anything and any data about this person. Oh, That's good. How I'm I about to. Asked. I'm about to tell you about this guy. Okay. So real quick, all this information that I'm going to share with you is from sources I got online. So you can find all this stuff. But I got my information mostly from a really good Sports Illustrated article, which is very in-depth and very well written. But the name of this article is great. It's called Gerard Mustaf is a community hero 
has anyone ever Googled him? And there's this illustrated picture of him looking really sad while everyone's surrounding Charles Barkley and looking like they're having a great time. And he's just kind of sitting in his seat and, and sad on an airplane. I think that's most of times when people are uh, traveling with Charles Barkley. <laughs> he just doesn't want to be associated with them. Well, Charles Barkley is normally too cool and Well, but look at how fun. many friends Charles Barkley has. Well, he in always has a lot of friends. Yeah. So. I also got some information from Wikipedia, Seattle Times, a few oh, other no. sources. Now, now, now we're citing sources. I, I just, you know, I just want to say, like, these are legit sources. I didn't. Well, didn't uh, I just want to make a disclaimer, too. My sources are legit as well. Uh huh. Well, you didn't cite them, so who knows? Well, who I, knows where that came from? Sports. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm sports, sports Illustrated, NBA, and then basketballreference.com with some help with of Google Are image you retroactively search. retroactively citing your sources? I don't think that's a problem. When you write a journal article, you cite your sources last. So I thought that Sports Illustrated actually had a really great setup for this story, which is to start at the end. So I'm going to do that too. In 2017, right before the Wizard versus 76ers game at the Verizon Center, there was a small courtside ceremony that was honoring a former Phoenix Suns player with the the Wizards Care Community Assist Award. And more recently, there's a lot of very legitimate people that have won that award. But when I was looking into this, there was a press release that was referenced about this Community Cares Assist Award of 2017. And usually I consider myself a pretty good Google detective, but I could not for the life of me find this original press release. And I think whoever wrote it lit it on fire later. Probably smart. <laughs> yeah, they, I could not find it. They probably hired some uh, PR consultant saying like, you should take this down. <laughs> like, please take this down. So basically his award was for his community service and in particular this player's efforts working for his father's nonprofit, which works to keep youth out of the criminal justice system just oh ironic pretty ironic yes also if you go to this nonprofit website take charge it's called i will post a link on our instagram there's a very bizarre video explaining what this nonprofit does where it looks like someone animated james bond looking gold knight avatars and i was very confused why maybe they, did they that. maybe they try to make a video game and they failed i don't know it was very strange like i started watching it and i'm like what wait to be fair like this nonprofit does a lot of good work but yeah, very strange choice of video in the about us section. I encourage everyone to watch it and have nightmares later. So this community, well, now that you know it's Gerard, he had also worked on a pull them up campaign to deter young men from wearing saggy pants. Remember saggy pants? He was getting an award for that. Thank you for covering butts everywhere. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing in China. He also... Um... You only sag your pants when you're getting whooped by your mom. I think saggy pants, I feel like were big in the like early 2000s. And then I think people decided that wasn't cool anymore. Thank God. He also had attempted to run for city council, which didn't go anywhere. So yeah, looking at the recent achievements of Gerard Mustaf in the context of the small award ceremony, it'd be easy to overlook that Gerard was in fact still a suspect in a homicide that took place in 1993 and had landed his cousin a life sentence. So, so he didn't get anything. He his did not, cousin. His did. cousin. Mm-hmm. Damn. So let me tell you about Gerard. He was born Tara, T-E-R-R-A-H, Gerard Mustaf. He was born in October 1969. He grew up in Hyattsville, Maryland, and he was heavily recruited from the time that he began playing. And actually, while researching Gerard's backstory, there's this really amazing video of his parents that I wish I could post multiple things on did he our par- Facebook did account. Did his parents play sports? I don't 
think so. Apparently. So I read a little bit about his dad. Like it gets harder to find information on backstory stuff the farther back you get since, you know, the internet records start more in the like late 90s, I feel like. But I did find this video of his parents from his high school days where he's being recruited for these different universities. And I think his dad had done some like kind of shady stuff too, but like not that shady. It was stuff like he had like walked away from the family and then came back later and had an illegitimate son. Who cares? But anyway, his dad is a boss, dude. They are interviewing him on this news station where they're talking about Drod being an up and coming star. But the reason that they're really interviewing is because the mom and dad had created this survey form where they had a bunch of different questions. And so rather than having just the coaches recruit Gerard, they were also recruiting the coaches. And so they had these surveys they'd give them. <laughs> and it was stuff like, what percentage of black tenured faculty are at your university? What percentage of black basketball Damn. players that graduated in the last 10 years? How many people actually graduated? What That's money? Good. Yeah, like in it, depth. Totally. It was how much money from the money you generate by these basketball games goes back to black communities. So good. I mean, I was like very impressed with both of them. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, you know, how do the coaches take that? And it was, you know, some of them made him think like, oh, we aren't doing a lot of that. Maybe we should, we should be doing more. And some of them were like, screw your son's not actually that great. Why are you asking us all these questions? So, so, anyway. they're, so they're woke parents. Yeah, they were very woke. And it's that For the old, time. grainy sort of... I mean, I guess this was the late 80s. It looks very 80s in the... Well, because he'd be close to 20. And so he was born in 1969. So yeah, like late mm-hmm. 80s. Yeah, so like super woke. Like that could be an interview. Aside from the, you know, tan suits. <laughs> it probably could be an interview yep. now. So Drod ended up going to play basketball at the University of Maryland. Decent program. Respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was selected by the New York Knicks in the first round. He was 17th overall. That was during the 1990 NBA draft. Play for the Back Knicks. in the days when they were actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks are also going to come through our window tonight, <laughs> along with LeBron and who else? No, Knicks <laughs> is too busy with their own mess. Well, he played for the Knicks until 1991 or 1990 to 1991 season. And then he played for the Phoenix Suns from 1991 to 1994. And he played three days for the Sonics. Damn, that's a that's an expensive three days. Yes, three days. So Gerard's dad did a lot of work in their community, and he actually had a bookstore that he ran in Phoenix that served people in the community. They had like a literacy program, provided jobs to young African Americans in the community. So with his dad's encouragement, Gerard had invited his cousin Lavani Wooten, who had just been released from prison, to come and work in the bookstore. Okay. And I think that Gerard, like some of the MBA money that he was earning, you know, he spent a lot of it on the typical young guy with a lot of money cars and whatever but he also had an agreement with his dad to give a lot of the money back to the bookstore and That's some of the other nice. stuff yeah so he was putting money into that so he was kind of in and out of the bookstore as well so also in 1993 Althea Hayes was a 27 year old aspiring singer who also lived in Phoenix she also worked at the bookstore and she was an acquaintance of Gerard's in the early postseason she approached Gerard and told him that she had some news do you know what the news was She's pregnant? She's pregnant with his baby. Ooh. And she wanted to keep it. Damn. Yeah. What do you think Gerard said? Yay. Yes. Happily ever after. Let me be a good father to this baby that I've helped make. No. <laughs> she. He said, well, if he's 
really good and play NBA basketball, maybe I'll get a part of his pay for this bookstore. Yeah, you would have thought that would have probably been a better idea. No, instead, Drad pushed Althea to have an abortion. She didn't want one. She refused for religious reasons. He then tried to offer her $5,000 to have the abortion. She also said no. Is that a lot of money back then? I mean, I don't, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. I mean, he's an NBA player. 5,000 isn't a lot. That's definitely more than you need to cover an abortion, but I don't think that's enough to sway someone that wants to keep a baby just for one. your reference, he's making $900,000 that year. <laughs> I mean, well, a lot of it went to the bookstore. He doesn't have that much left. Oh, good point. Good point. God. They all went to the bookstore. This is all your fault, lady. You did this on your own with no part from me. <laughs> Said with the utmost sarcasm ever. So multiple friends, family members, and a few nurses later claimed that Althea had expressed that at this point she was afraid of Gerard. So why would she be afraid of Gerard? He seems like such a nice guy giving back to the community. Well, let's talk about that. In college, Gerard had allegedly assaulted his also pregnant then girlfriend. Wow. He admitted to shaking her, but denied knowing she was pregnant. So apparently it's okay to violently shake a woman if mm. she's not pregnant. But the minute there's a baby in that, mm-mm. But yep. he didn't know. He just was shaking her around. He yeah, thought... He, he's a power forward. He's yeah. very powerful. He thought she was like a box of juice and she <laughs> said to shake her up. He also allegedly fought with his fiance in Phoenix while she was eight months pregnant while he was with Althea. He fought with her after she confronted him about a letter she received from another woman who wasn't Althea saying that she was also pregnant with Gerard's baby. Gerard, keep it in your pants. Keep it in your tiny shorts. same time. Damn. That's yeah. a lot of kids. He didn't just, I I feel like the word assaulted, I hate when I hear that word on the news because it's it's just so, you don't, like, what does that mean? Did they punch them? Did they throw them downstairs? Like assaulted is a pretty big word and I think it gets glossed over. In this case, he fired a gun right next to her head through a wall while they were fighting. Oops. So I don't understand why he's still even playing at this point. This guy is a piece of trash. Yeah. Well, so, he's also not that helpful for the sons. So. He also wasn't that helpful for the sons. So that's why he didn't pop up in any of your story because yep. he was an okay player. He'd been recruited, but he wasn't a standout player at all. But he was a complainer. And a lot of the articles I read, a lot of it was just about how much he bitched about not getting more play time when he wasn't doing a good job. Yeah, when, when there's the... Tom Chambers, which scored three times than he did as the backup to the MVP of the league, Charles Barkley. Yes. Yeah. I can see why. Yeah. So this guy was also a whiny baby. June 16th of 1993, Althea visited a medical clinic and she paged Gerard, who was in Chicago at the time. Oh, back in the days when they have pagers. Yeah, he, she paged him. He called her back after a game before the team flight took back took off to return to Maryland. And records show that they spoke about eight, eight minutes on the phone. So eight minutes is a pretty decent amount of time. That's more than a like, hey, who's this? How'd you get my number? Okay, wrong number. Bye. You had mm-hmm. a conversation with that person. Later, someone said that Althea told them that uh, she had reminded Gerard of her plans to keep the baby while they were on the phone and that she had gotten the pregnancy confirmed and it was viable. Gerard was apparently so pissed about this that his teammates would report later that he sat alone and sulked on the flight to Arizona, (laughs) even though Gerard later claimed that he didn't even know she was pregnant. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, that that nice little picture at the the top of that Sports Illustrated is him sulking on the plane by himself while oh, not not because Charles, while everyone throws Charles Barkley a party. Yeah, not because Charles Barkley humiliated him for not scoring enough points. And he humiliated him because he wasn't even allowed off the bench because he was that bad. So fast forward to July twenty fourth, so about a little more than a month later. 
It had been two days since Althea's father, Alvin, had seen or heard from her, so he headed over to her apartment in Phoenix to check in on her. When he entered her bedroom, he found his daughter curled up on the floor with four gunshot wounds, and two had been to the head at close range, execution style, so like right up next to her. According to Hazel, Althea's mom, when my husband found our daughter laying down dead, it murdered my whole family. So that's sad. Let's talk about what the court records found once they brought Lavani to court. So if you remember, Lavani Wooten was the, the cousin, cousin that had been had gotten out in jail and was working at the bookstore. He also was living with Gerard at the time. I don't know if Gerard had. I'm assuming he probably had multiple places he was living, or maybe he was staying in hotels. But you know, at certain points they were living together. On July 20th, 1993. So again, Althea was found dead on July 24th. So on July 20th, a few days before. Mm -hmm. right after the season Mm -hmm. oh you know what i forgot an important part of the story i think i forgot to write it or maybe i glossed over it but another thing that had happened was gerard and lavani had gotten into a fight at some point over some sort of bill at the bookstore Mm -hmm. And according to Lavani and a police file and I think a civil suit, Lavani said that Drod had hit him with a cell phone, like beaten him over the head with a cell phone over this thing. So he had filed a civil suit. They were fighting. Very, very loving cousin. Yeah. Lavani ended up moving out with his girlfriend who lived elsewhere. So according to court records, on July 20th, Lavani received two airline tickets, one for him and one for his girlfriend. They were paid for by Drod to come back to Phoenix since he had moved out and was living elsewhere. wanted to stay with him at his home there. So the girlfriend of Lavani would later tell investigators that Gerard had told Lavani that he owed him a favor because of that whole beating him over the head with the phone incident and Mm -hmm. (laughs) filing a civil suit. On the same day, Lavani's mother received $1,500 from Gerard to cover rent on her apartment in Maryland. Hmm. On the afternoon of July 22nd, so two days before, witnesses saw Gerard driving a red Mercedes convertible into the parking lot of Althea's apartment complex. And they also saw Lavani following in Gerard's black porch that he owned. Porsche, not porch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his porch. Yeah. <laughs> he drove his whole house. <laughs> Casually, you know, not not obvious cars at all. Yeah, Althea wasn't home, but people that were uh, in the court were saying that they thought that he was showing Lavani where Althea lived at that point. The red Mercedes, I think, was also rented by Gerard. I think he had rented oh, the car. Yeah. Yeah. Broke boy billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. He only has 5000 to try to bribe his his lady to get an yep. abortion, but yeah, all of that 900000 $900, have gone to the books store apparently <laughs> and the Idiot. car rentals that night at 9 23 p.m althea called her friend and said that drod's cousin vani is coming over here right now so if anything happens to me you know who is here uh, around 9 30 p.m her neighbors heard what sounded like gunshots or firecrackers and lavani's girlfriend says that around 10 p.m that night she woke up from a nap and asked drod where lavani was drod replied that he'd gone out to handle some business oh wow yeah so lavani returned that night dressed in all black he had a knit hat on he told his girlfriend to pack up because they were driving to California. Can you imagine if you, okay, if I was chilling at home with one of your friends, your cousin, let's say, and you come home dressed in all black in a knit cap at 10 p.m. and say, Aaron, pack up. We're driving to California. I would not just be like, okay, Bill, that sounds not shady at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I'm a ninja. It's 10 p.m. at night. We're going to drive from Arizona to California. That is a long, I don't know how many people are listening from the West Coast, but that is a long drive. About like, what? Six hours? Yeah, like six or seven hours. Uh, Let's drive on, all night through the depending desert. Depending on when, yeah, where we're, well, to be fair, it's better than driving during the direct sunlight. It's hot. 
at like that early in the morning there, you're going to get there at like four in the morning. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, another house guest that was also over there reported seeing Lavani near a gun closet after he returned to the resident. I don't know what that means. Yeah, maybe not have a lot of house guests. Maybe when not have like, yeah, five other people. Trying to kill other people. <laughs> yeah, like maybe don't have a house party when you're trying Just to- Just casually. Have a hitman go out and kill someone. So while driving, the girlfriend also watched Lavani disassemble a semi-automatic handgun and throw the pieces out the window. Mm. Like confetti. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, which makes me think. So at first she was lying to investigators when they were questioning her and she ended up breaking down because she kept getting her story mixed up and police have different ways to ask questions so that they can trip you up. And she finally just admit, oh, (laughs) well, I'll I'll tell you another thing that happened a little bit. But I, I just wonder... I, these people are always like, well, I didn't know. I just saw him throwing gun pieces out the window. Like, come on. He likes to give those guns to the, the rattlers and turtles. Every time we do a 10 p.m. drive through the desert, he always throws gun pieces out the window. <laughs> it's just our thing. So I didn't think anything of it. So on the day that Alvin Hayes found his daughter dead on the floor of her bedroom, Althea, uh, Lavani came back to Phoenix that same day, where Drod took him to a mall and bought him a new suit and then brought him back to the airport with his girlfriend. Hmm. Lavani returned a call from detectives later when he got it. And at first he claimed he didn't know who Althea was. And then he admitted, well, maybe he met her before, but he couldn't really remember. Then he gave the wrong dates for his flight into Phoenix because obviously detectives can't check when you flew on a plane. (laughs) He later corrected himself when they said, hey, guess what? We can find out when you can fly on a plane. (laughs) Oh, this is the part I remembered. So he also instructed his girlfriend to say that they left Phoenix for California at two or three in the afternoon on a different day to say that they were in town to visit her cousin. Mm. However, during that conversation, his girlfriend decided to take notes so that she could keep the story straight on a piece of cardboard that was later recovered and used as evidence <laughs> by the detectives. Yeah, because you, you, you would sometimes record your own life as it's necessary. Yeah, sometimes I need to take notes about what to say that I did every day, like a diary, but on cardboard mm-hmm. so that I can hold it up like a sign and spin it around on the corner like yep. I work at Subway. Or Progressive. Who's I not think- sponsoring our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Subway as well. Yeah. Three mo- so three months after Althea was murdered, Lavani dropped the assault charge for beating Gerard with a phone. He also dropped the civil suit and he hadn't been arrested that yet at this nice point. He just dropped it. And on July 22nd, which, oh, I love this part. On July 22nd, which is the last day that Althea was ever seen alive, Gerard wrote a check for $10,000 to purchase land in North Carolina. What do you think they're going to do with that land? Bury the body? Well, they've left it in the bedroom, so that, oh, that wow. would be that'd be a long way to bring a body to bury it. Just hide away? No. You, you get one more guess. What are you going to do with all this land that you bought in North Carolina for $10,000, Bill? Bury your money? No. You are going to start a disco, <laughs> and you're going to let your cousin Lavani manage it. Isn't that? North mm. Carolina is where I want to go to have a disco. I don't know about you, Bill. Yeah, but Once COVID's specific. over, we're yep. going to North Carolina, and we're going to yep. boogie. <laughs> so finally, nine months after Althea had been murdered, Lavani was arrested. He was charged with first degree murder, burglary, and witness tampering because he'd been telling his girlfriend to say other things. So Gerard was also summoned one week after the arrest to go before a grand jury, but he pled the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. Later interviews. What is it? What does it even mean? It doesn't. Doesn't that automatically qualify him for? So the he wasn't the act? one. He wasn't the one being arrested because they didn't have enough evidence to charge him Mm -hmm. they had more evidence to arrest Lavani Mm -hmm. but when they brought Gerard before a grand jury he pled the fifth amendment which means that he didn't say anything about his cousin being involved because he didn't want to incriminate himself Mm. and then later when he was asked about this he's like well I didn't know not 
not saying anything or pleading the fifth would make me look guilty. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Maybe writing that check for $10,000 for a discotheque <laughs> in North Carolina was the problem. I don't know, Gerard. So two years later, a jury found Levani guilty on all counts. When the verdict was announced, this douchebag, oh my God. So when the verdict was announced in front of, you know, Althea's family that now doesn't have a daughter and her father that had to find her body on the floor, he stands up and yells, peace, and high fives friends in the gallery. So he was sentenced to life in prison in order to Gerard pay- Gerard high five? No, not Gerard, uh, Levani. This oh. is Levani who's yeah. being tra- bag of trash. Hefty sponsor us. <laughs> yep. We like we like normal bags of trash. We don't like this one. Mm-hmm. So he was sentenced to life in prison in order to pay twelve thousand five hundred dollars in restitution for Althea's family. That's not a lot of money. No, it's more than the discotheque. It is. Well, if you think about it, didn't Gerard now have just paid more than five thousand dollars to kill this woman? Yeah, he did. Cause he, I don't understand. I'm like, just I, I don't, I never understand these people. It's like just. Let other people go live their lives. There's no reason to go murder someone because you didn't get your way. Yep. Anyway, where was Gerard during this whole trial? Because this trial took a while. It was two years. So he had been quietly released by the Phoenix Suns, who bought out the remaining two years of his contract for $3.8 million. And he went to go play basketball in Europe. He was in Greece and France, I think. It's a few other places. So he's playing basketball over there. Hmm. Lawyers from both sides said there wasn't enough evidence to charge him. And I was trying to find, there was another article I read, and I couldn't find it when I was putting my notes that I could take the quote, but one of the the DAs had said he had really wanted to find enough evidence to bring this guy to justice and just couldn't get it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So three years after this whole thing, Gerard was invited to the supersonic training camp and they had no idea who he was or that he was still a suspect in the murder of Althea Hayes. So... Are you familiar with the statute of limitations? Yeah. Yeah. So like most states, there's a certain amount of time where after that point in time, and the, I hate the statute of limitations, but after that period of time, you basically like, if you haven't had enough evidence to arrest you or try you or find mm. you guilty, it's expunged from your record, basically. Arizona doesn't have that. Once you're a suspect, you're a suspect. Three years later, he was on the supersonic training camp. They found out that he was still a suspect in the murder of Althea <laughs> Hayes. So they let him go after only three days with the team. Did they pay him? Think so. I don't know. I don't know what the yeah, agreement training was. Training camp. I think they were like, please paid. leave. So later, Gerard settled a wrongful death suit from Althea's family for an undisclosed amount. Basically, sometimes if you can't take someone to court to try them on criminal charges, you can take them to civil. court civil lawsuits. So he filed, he settled with them for some undisclosed amount and then later filed for bankruptcy. So Gerard, apparently, whenever he refers to this, he calls it the situation that happened that summer of 1993. Not, you know, when my friend, my dear friend was, you know, even if you're not romantically involved in some, with someone or, yeah. you know, like he's saying he is. I didn't know she was pregnant. I don't even know who she was, blah, blah, blah. I still feel like I would be really upset that someone, that something terrible like that happened and that my cousin was involved. So I, so that situation, that summer of 1993, and he kind of reminds me of some of the other more notorious, notorious serial killers whenever you serial killers not he's not a serial killer but it's funny like whenever you listen to interviews with some of these guys it's always me 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 this happened and it affected me it's never like oh that poor the family and the person the victim it's always me 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 and that's kind of how his stuff is too so that situation that summer of 1993 <laughs> ended his NBA career and he doubled down on community service in an attempt to regain his tarnished reputation which never fully recovered I think that's how it worked <laughs> yeah well if I do community service everyone will forget that I paid a lot of 
of money to probably, maybe, definitely murder this person. Yep. And I'll just end with this quote from the Seattle Times because I enjoyed it. So it seems no teams in the NBA are prepared to deal with Mustaf. If he is ever to return to the NBA and then fulfill his father's wish that he become a political leader, he'll need to clear his name. And as long as the death of Althea Hayes looms in the background, that might be all but impossible. So yeah, that's Gerard Mustaf, the guy that didn't really do anything that noteworthy while he played for the Phoenix Suns and then, you know, attempted to get back in the good graces of the community after doing some really shitty, shady things and falls off the radar after that 2017 award. I think he's still doing some work with community service stuff, but man. Yeah. And I I think there was a quote actually by Althea's mom, Hazel, who died within the last few years. Basically, this this is not verbatim. Him, but essentially it was something like well you can you can do community service and I think athletes should be doing community service but you can do it without having blood stains on your hands and I was like oh Hazel yeah yes yeah I, I, I feel like there's a lot of NBA players doing really great things I, my hope is that they don't come out and to say they also have some kind of pending lawsuit going on <laughs> But yeah, well, kudos to Chuck. Yeah, didn't thanks, hang out thanks with Chuck him. for not uh, hang out with him for standing apart from him in that illustration of the plane. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what's going on this week, Bill? Anything? Anything you're excited to watch? Or well, I want to finish that last chance you and be uh, basketball what's documentary, that? which is a whole bunch of kids who have potential to play in the NCAA leagues and couldn't get their stuff together. Mm-hmm. and this coach trying to redempt them and whip them in shape and is it real it's a documentary yeah uh, east east la college mm. community college what channel streaming service netflix netflix cool. yeah it's, it's pretty cool i enjoyed doing that yeah i started watching the lacey peterson murder documentary on mm-hmm. hulu but now i have to have the version of hulu that has ads so a little slower to watch uh, yeah the peasant hulu <laughs> too many streaming service going on you i know i'm like i don't want to pay for seven different streaming you can't services. get you can't get them all hbo max though has got a lot of really good documentaries i've been blazing through those yeah i'm sure you'll sleep real tight at night yeah i don't <laughs> all right well thanks everybody for tuning in we'll see how long this actually ends up being by the time that we edit it uh and hopefully oh where should the e- what's our email address where should they email us if they have ideas for other players that we should talk about? Yeah, email us your opinion, feedback, ideas, specific case that you would like to us to talk about at the deadballpodcast at gmail.com. Again, the, Is it the deadball podcast? The deadball podcast. One word. One word. Or the uh, DM us on the Instagram. Yep. Deadballpodcast uh, on Instagram and and if you like the really rad jams playing in the background, because who wouldn't? This is our friend Nate with Water Strider. Check out their website. All their stuff is amazing. You can purchase it. You can make it your own. You can play it on your vinyl, on your CD player if you still have one. I don't know. Um, but check them out. It's waterstrider with an I.bandcamp.com. We'll chat with you next time. Yeah. See you soon. Peace. <laughs>